0: Hey guys, G here. Welcome to another episode of, <clears throat> of the Elemental Awakening Podcast. I'm choking a bit on some, a little bit of kratom. A friend of mine gave me a little bit of some red kratom, so we decided to um, have a little ceremony, drink a little before the conversation. Um, red kratom is um, a leaf, um, which is made as a tea. Um, and the red specifically is help is, is they say red for bed helps you to relax uh, relax the nervous system um makes you just feel really good so we'll see how that goes see if this stuff's any good that was given to me i think it is uh i tried some last night so i know it is um and we're just a conversation and this is a good friend of mine a new good friend of mine his name is Jenya. he's got an interesting story that he's going to share with us so first off welcome Jenya to the show thank you thank you I appreciate it Jim. yeah and uh, for those of you just tuning in um and or subscribers, thank you guys for subscribing, thanks for support, thank you for um, helping us to share, the com- comments, interacting, um, just thank you guys for everything. Um, so yeah, Genya, tell me a bit about yourself. Mr. Genia from originally from an
1: island in Russia. That's right, I, I, was, I was lucky to grow up in, in a very very exotic Russian island and uh, it's on the far east of Russia north of Japan, called Sakhalin. So I was exposed a lot into nature. And that was my way of dealing with my early childhood trauma because this is where I was looking for acceptance. And I felt belonging nature. Mm-hmm. And nature mean my father and mother because my dad passed away when I was really, really young. And my mom was working 24 hours as, as a medical doctor and And it was, it was quite challenging for her to to deal with me because I was very, very um, active boy, wild <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right I was very wild and and didn't, didn't know how to handle me in school and the only the only place that knew how to handle me was, was nature mm. so the, the nature always treated me well. Mm. And the island is, is exposure to many many uh, elementals, like like water and mountains and and, and, and lakes, different colors. Uh, it's just it's just I, I was lucky. Like Today, when I'm reflecting, I think that I was I, I was very lucky to be as a child. Very lucky. Yeah.
0: And yeah. It's it's interesting when you look back on um, the things you take for granted when you have them not realizing what they are until you're older like for me it's like i used to spend time in nature as a kid um, riding bikes in the forest and i don't know what it was about it but it was like after school that's where we would always want to go just take off once in the forest or something about it that just felt different um, and now as an adult it's like i feel this lack because i don't get out there all the time you know, like once in a while once a week you know and um, not even sometimes once a week and you realize you're, you start, you're getting taken away from your natural habitat, that connection to nature, you know? Um, so yes, yeah, so I want to hear more about your story. So Jenya is, is uh, an amazing guy. He showed up in one of our men's circles. He also uh, founded a yoga studio not far from here. Um, he's really into functional movement, functional exercise, his yoga. I did one of his classes and uh, it was an amazing mix of um, strength training, it felt like, movement, Breathwork, work, you know, spiritual um, um, feel to it, it was an amazing experience, so he's, he has a new program also that he's working on, he's going to share a bit about it, and some of his philosophies behind that, but before we get that, let's. how did you become this man you are today, so you were a young guy growing up wild in, in how do you pronounce the name of the, uh? Sahrim. Sahrim. Um how did you get off of that island? And get to Canada. or we'll, we'll, something happened between?
1: So uh, in nineties, we left. Our family left to Israel. So when I, when I was eighteen, it was a real disaster. The Soviet Union was collapsing, and 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 uh, there was, was a lot going on back then. Lack of food, lack of security, all of the Maslow. Well, the pyramid was was, was completely like, like completely out, out, and I was 18. I was fairly fit guy, uh, and I've been invited to be part of the gang, and that's that's how I started to explore that financial side of like how I can start to make money by being part of the gang, and. Uh, Likely, my family decided to move. My mom said, Okay, we're gonna go to, to Israel. So, so what was the gang life like? So, gang thing? life was like, it was, it was, we were gaming, it was certain different games that we were playing among uh, on, on the streets, and kind of cheating people how to uh, like, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but basically, it's a, it's a game that you can't win. It's like you know, like little, li- like basically, like you know, like three cups, mm-hmm. and you roll three cups, and you get a point where that where that bullies, mm-hmm. right? Stuff like that. St- stuff like that. You get people to, to play. And we gamble. we play in and then a lot of cash, and, then, and then definitely I started to explore all that, like all that, all that possibilities, and definitely. You have to play this game one day, or yeah, yes, yeah. It's it's just, it's just you know, like it's it's just it's just experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, I believe that I was lucky because today when I'm uh, when I'm reflecting and mm-hmm. when I connected with my fla- with my with my friends who I wasn't part of the game like some of them got into drugs many of them killed because it's got even more wild clients. after yeah. 1992 After night like it was really wild but I was lucky again I was lucky and, and I, I, I consider myself as a lucky person
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, it saved my life many times. And then we moved to Israel when I was 18 and when I came to Israel it's funny that we in, uh, in Russia I was like a black sheep, I was always different, I always looked different. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when I came to Israel I was, I was like part of the pond, <laughs> I just looked like Israel. And it, it made me feel immediately belong to, 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 to that Middle East. Mm-hmm. Because they warm they hug, and I, as a child, I always was uh, i would always like i always like to touch people to like hey how's going and 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 in Russia, it was kind of not not as acceptable mm-hmm. as for example in israel, so many many of the things made me made me feel home and uh, i I went to army i've been in army for two years and then and then I was starting to ask myself like what what is my purpose what do I want and I started to become a personal trainer and did quite well, moved to Tel Aviv, uh, became a celebrity personal trainer and, uh, and I, was, I, was, I was burned out as a personal trainer because I was chasing primarily money, not necessarily purpose, I had some goal in my in my I had some vision in my, in my, in my mind, so how my life uh, I want to be, fancy car, fancy friends. Partying, girls, etc. And when I reached that particular level of uh, life, I was in the most horrible place in my life. Very horrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I left everything pretty much like I said, I said to myself, I gotta, I gotta just run. So I knew that I was running for myself. I, I, that time I, I went, my girlfriend now is my wife, Zina, and said to her, like, do you want to go and travel? And she said, yes, she finished the college. Of, she finished the college. I finished kinesiology in Israel. And I said, okay, let's go. And we traveled for one a year. And I remember when we came to Australia, I realized that I wouldn't be able to live in Israel any longer. <laughs> what was it specifically about Australia that made you? Calm. I felt calm. I, and, I, and, and in retrospect, I realized that one of the things that was challenging me in Israel is a level of anxiety I experienced there. There's a lot of anxiety in Israel. And what do you think caused that level of anxiety? Was it
0: just the amount of people? Was it the, the lifestyle? Amount of, the
1: amount of people, the lifestyle, the conflict. It's very interesting how is there very warm. And there's a lot of beautiful people in Israel. And I love Israel with all my heart. But people have no patience there. They, they snap very fast. Similar to New York, kind of feel like. No, it's different. You never been in Israel. Right? Never in Israel. Oh no, really? yeah, we gotta go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 highly spiritual place with with incredible people and. Uh, but it's the vibration there. It's very like, intense. Yeah. Very intense. You, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this is one of the reasons why it's such such a highly spiritual place. There's so many great yoga teachers and. And leaders in Israel okay. teaching all over the world. A lot of musicians that 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 traveling in the, among ayahuasca and psychedelic ceremonies. So uh, and then when when we come back, I, we started to look at possibilities of uh, moving, and Canada was our our number one because my wife brother already been living here. And then we got our first child was born, and we moved to Israel, to from Israel to Canada. And I've been here in Canada for 30 years.
0: So, like when I met you, you uh, seemed to be a very conscious, spiritual uh, man, you know. And you came to one of our men's circles, and so we first first time we met. Uh, obviously, we became friends quickly after. Um, there was a residence there. Um, but were you always like a spiritual guy? Were you always like focused on like betterment, personal development, or was there a shift somewhere from um, personal training to what you're doing now?
1: I believe what what happened that uh, when I when I was uh, practicing my kinesiology and personal training, I, I felt the gap is missing, and and definitely this was spirituality. I didn't connect mind, body, spirit. But back then, I I just I just thought like make my body stronger, flexible, or whatever. But but I felt gap in myself. I felt void, deep void, that I was filling with alcohol, drugs, and stuff stuff like that. So in Israel, I started to look into spirituality, but I couldn't find that that vein that resonated with me. I I went to Jewish uh, religion. It didn't work for me. But I was looking for spirituality. So when I came to Canada, I started to... uh, I applied for yoga training, so and that's where... How that did
0: you know um, you were looking for spirituality? Because you said you went to like a religion and it wasn't resonating. How did you know that's what you needed? Because I know you, I you, you told me you were partying a lot and you just
1: got tired pain. of it. It's like, as I told you, there was a, lo- it was a lot of pain in me that, 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 that I, can, I could only manage with alcohol mm-hmm. or any other form of addictions that that available to mm-hmm. everyone, everywhere. Yeah. And, and that, that pain is, was it's just more and more intense, no matter what I was doing. I thought that I'll make a lot of money, and I'll have fancy car, and I'll have a bunch of girlfriends and friends, and they'll be a little bit so my pain will go away. It didn't, it was worth. I thought, okay, maybe I need to go and travel all over the world and see other countries, because I, I know that when I travel, I love, and then I remember, but, but the point that we got to Japan, I was very depressed, mm. very depressed. And this didn't go away. I was, I was, and then, and then, and then, when I came to Israel. I said to myself, "Okay, now Canada. Let's go to Canada." Because I always dreamed to move from Israel because I felt that I want more, more, more nature. I mm-hmm. want more lakes and I want vast. Uh, I, I, I felt. I said to myself. I said to myself, "Like I'm confined in Israel and all of this energy. It doesn't doesn't do me any good so move to Canada." Didn't go away. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like tried everything. <laughs> And that was like, okay, now, now what? So I was naturally drawn towards movement. And movement, the next step for me was very natural. It's yoga. So in yoga, I started to meet some people that they started to ask me questions that st- I started to reflect on. Mm-hmm. And that way I went deeper, deeper into, into that self-exploration. Self because because uh, slowing down and, and facing myself removing the mask mm-hmm. and literally looking to what I'm running from started to create that kind of feeling of liberation that, that I am on right now.
0: So looking at yourself sort of let you know that <coughs> you're moving towards some more answers or, or relief from the pain that you were suffering. Mm-hmm. Sort, of, sort of engaging so there's like a knowing <coughs> that's creative so it was, it was like um, you knew you were on a path you didn't really know where it was going, but you know it was in the right direction. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, how long ago was that, the, the yoga training? And so,
1: so I, I did the yoga training and it was, it was, it was um, now as I'm reflecting, now as I'm a, a, a part of the faculty of yoga training, I understand how that training was uh, not really well done and delivered. But one part of the faculty of the training, her name is Diane Bruni. He he sparked in me something very special, because the training was is Ashtanga based teacher training, and this was in two thousand eight, and uh, I know, I, 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 she just she just sparked in me something very very special, and that was looking the direction of yoga therapy. Okay, and then and then I was searching for.
0: So, when you see yoga therapy, is that yoga therapy? Is it physical
1: therapy? Yeah, like so, yoga therapy that I was looking for. Since childhood, uh, I've, been, I've been a therapist for girls. Since I was a preteen, girls will come and they'll cry about the boyfriends, about all that stuff, and I'll sit and listen. So, And they always will give me good feedback about, like, you're a really good listener, if your eyes are warm, and, and, and we feel very comfortable to share with you something. And I was asking myself, like, what's going to be my. So I thought I'd all be a psychotherapist or, or some form mm-hmm. of psychologist, and I look at that realm But I, I realized that I won't be able to sit for eight, for six or eight hours and just listening to people. So not, a, not a wild boy who belongs out of nature, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, exactly. So I said to myself that I, I got I, movement. It's it's my key, right? It's it's, it's who I am, and I, I realized that I'm really looking for yoga therapy school that giving me. Movement and psychology. So I found Phoenix Rising Yoga Therapy, and what founded it? Yeah, found it. no, not I, no, no. I, I was, I was you doing, found it? Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I was doing research, and I and, and Phoenix I, Rising, and I came across Phoenix Rising. It was in 2010, and I enrolled, I enrolled myself because what they offer they offer combination of a contemporary psychology and ancient yoga philosophy. So basically, I was getting skills on how to facilitate movement and ask open-ended questions mm-hmm. So it's a form of a, like Carl Rogers' approach to psychology. He'd been asking questions, but he never gave the answers, and he was questioning the answers that people were telling him. So, 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 so that kind of approach, and I really loved it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you' telling you yeah you're asking
0: you're yeah. asking because well I think that's the premise behind like coaching like when mm-hmm. I this last year so almost it's over what a year now um, more than a year I enrolled to become a life coach so I'm, a, I'm an executive coach executive life no an executive coach you know, and a life coach and I thought and this was my own learning that you know becoming a coach you would learn how to teach people but what my misconception was is, is the coach is just you have to ask the right questions so that they can find the answers themselves. Yeah. So the less I talk, the better. I'm just asking questions. I shouldn't be saying anything to you that's gonna try to influence or guide you or anything like that. It's more about asking those right questions. And and so yeah, so that approach is, is what I resonate with as well. And it just unlocked this whole thing. It was like, I'm really good at asking questions, and really good at helping people to, you know, dive deeper into like asking them like, the right questions, and that's what the best coaches do. They're able to that's ask right. the right questions so you find your own answers.
1: Yeah, and you're really good at asking questions. Thank you. Uh, I believe asking questions is superpower. There is a, there's a, there's a notion known as so- 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 Socrates. Socrates, yeah. Socrates' approach. So Socrates was never giving people answers. He always been asking them questions mm-hmm. and that's a Socrates approach and uh, and i think it's a very powerful approach not to give an answer but question the questions yeah. or question the answers absolutely that way. absolutely
0: so so this in uh, phoenix rising was a combination of of uh, yoga yes. and some talk therapy as well combined yes. in it yes asking the right questions so for example would certain emotions come up in certain poses? Was yeah. it like
1: was it like that type of...? So, founder of this school, Michael Lee... Michael Lee. His name is Michael Lee. And uh, what he realized, and what he experienced himself in yoga poses, is emotion, but he didn't know how to, how to deal with them. Never mind that many yoga students are going through certain emotions, and, and yoga teachers, they, they don't know how to address it. So he started to develop a technique on how to help people to be with that emotion, because it's an energy in motion mm-hmm. that that needs some 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 safe container where that can keep going. Instead of offering the napkin, you just you just allow that. Process to continue to unfold and see where is that going to take him. Mm-hmm. the client, not you. You have no agenda. You're just there. You have a compassionate presence, mm-hmm. and you're just witnessing and mirroring back what they're saying, stuff like that. So basically, yeah, it's it's, it's was it's it's that's that was the. It's very simple and it's very powerful. And because we have that psychosomatic experience, there's a lot that's going on in our body. It's stored in our body, mm-hmm. and when you like hard opening it's a big thing for many people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's it's very powerful yeah it's pretty interesting um
0: the relationship between the body and the mind and i've seen uh, both ways where as people start healing their body things come up like emotions when they start moving things or like doing certain stretches um, but also vice versa when they heal their mind and emotions their body starts opening up you know so there's this there's this uh, relationship between the two, and I think they both they can go either way. Can go mind body body mind. You yeah, know. Totally, totally. So, so you've been doing that for a few years, and then just recently you found some new interesting doors that have opened for you in in the in the form of like plant medicines and stuff like that. Is that something that uh, you're open to talk about here today? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Um, so, tell me about that experience. So, you went from yoga, and you're you're. you're working on your spirituality and, and changing and you're coaching all these people and then one day you get introduced or you're called to it? How did that come to be?
1: Yeah, it's, it's happened last year in, in, in August, uh, September, where one of her friend, my friends, told me that a, a, a shaman coming from Peru to facilitate San Pedro experience and uh, I said yes to it. I was hesitant because I didn't know. I always imagined that I'll do it there. And I said yes to to that experience, and uh, it was one-day ceremony, mm-hmm. and uh, I experienced something very profound. I feel what I experienced from San Pedro—it's a deep heart opening. It just was very, very emotional and very. It's almost like it's it's very 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 similar what I'm going to say but the answer is love mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard to describe these experiences
0: because words don't really do them justice and you know like heart opening you know I can try to think about what that means from an intellectual perspective but until you feel experience that process you don't really understand it
1: it's know? very experiential and it's and it's yeah as you said it's like Words has a limitation to exp- to express what I felt. So, from someone who grew up in Russia, and and in Russia, were, were you were you religious? Are they like? Um, I grew up in the Soviet Union, so any re- the only religion we have is communism. Not communism, the socialism that were supposed to take us towards communism.
0: Yeah. So you're not really allowed to have any beliefs about spirituality, is no. that? So, so yoga yeah. is one spiritual path, and then you know, like, how does that? How does this come into play and shift your, your perspective on reality? Yoga, y- yoga, and then into psychedelics. You know, like in the San Pedro. Is it another shift, or were you already way beyond the? Um, is it atheist uh, communism? Like they don't believe in any god, or like what's? what's no, no. There's no. There's no god. It's the state. Yeah. it's everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so, how did your beliefs shift after?
1: You know, I, I, when I came to ceremony. I was beyond all all of these beliefs because, remember, I left uh, Russia when I was 18, so I took my first experience of psychedelics when I was uh, 45, I'm still 45, I mean, I'm going to be in May 46, so it was was a a journey for me. So I guess a better question would be,
0: when did spirituality come back into your life after not really having any spiritual foundations in Russia was there a point where you started thinking about God and the, the bigger questions like the more existent, existential questions
1: hmm. the word God never resonated with me mm-hmm. uh, I always felt there is something and uh, I didn't I didn't I chose not to put my attention or evolve towards that direction because I was, I was more driven by material stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I started to explore more meditation and really slowing down, then I started to feel there is there is some connection to, I'll say cosmic energy. Mm-hmm. This is where I started to to. Even consider myself as, as, as not just a spiritual person, but but spirituality can be verb or can be noun. Mm-hmm. So it's just more of the verb so, for me.
0: So, do you think that by um, the states actively preaching atheism, it almost forces someone to find their path without any sort of um, um, indoctrination? Because it's indoctrination in a way where they're telling you like there is no God, mm. but it's different than if you're brought up in Catholicism, saying like this is God, this is the way you have to follow this. So it's almost like guiding you on a path of belief. Mm. Whereas this one, there's no belief, so you might find it rather than trying to disagree with something, then go in search of something else. Does that make sense? Do you agree, or disagree with that? You see, for me, uh, it's I. Uh like for example, if you, if you grew up in a strong Jewish uh, with a Jewish background, because you're Israeli Israeli, right? Yeah. Um, do you think that would have shifted the way you perceived going to yoga or then opening up to Psychedelic- psychedelics?
1: Psych- I, I think I think I think it's just gonna enhance it and then it's make it even 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 deeper. You, I believe it can go hand to, hand mm-hmm. in hand. You had the opportunity to live in a few different places. One
0: being um, the islands off of. Uh, I guess it would be considered the east coast of Russia? Far east of Russia. Far east of Russia. Yeah. Because it's west of us. Just trying to figure out when you're there. (laughs) So So, so it's far east of Russia. Then you go to Israel, which is a very highly spiritual place in the world. um, And then coming to Canada and and finding yoga and psychedelics. um, I guess, where would you find the biggest shift in, in your awareness? When it comes to spirituality, uh, after all those experiences, What's
1: I believe happened? one of my biggest shifts—it's uh, my decision to be uh, more disciplined with my rituals. Oh, okay. Uh, about two years ago, I chose to be very disciplined and start to create routines in my life that will feed my body, mind, spirit, emotions. And I started to started to practice yoga daily, doing meditation daily.
0: Were you typically a disciplined person? Like when you set your mind to something, you can do it, or was no, it something no, that came as a I, challenge? No,
1: I never, I never, I never been disciplined person. Never. I don't see myself. Uh, uh, my understanding of discipline, you know, discipline derives derives from word disciple, and my understanding that for me it means being better disciple of life. Mm-hmm. So, I was always resisting my life. I didn't want my life. I didn't want my dad go away when I was really small. I didn't want my mom overworked, uh, burned out, uh, zero patience, mom around me. I didn't want all my step debts. I didn't want, I didn't, I didn't want my life, right? Mm-hmm. But when I get more and more into spirituality, I definitely got into, not definitely, but I got into more of accepting Acceptance, right? Because that's that's acceptance and forgiveness has been my my, my work. Mm-hmm. And that opened up that a uh, that that uh, it's it's alcohol give, give me extra energy to be more disciplined because I know discipline is critical. Mm-hmm. And when I say discipline I say discipline about self care. About about doing things that serving me than this serving me. Because all my life, I, I, I think I, was, I, was, I wasn't disciplined from, from that kind of perspective. feeding my body, feeding my soul, facing my emotions and, and, and mm-hmm. then being with them. Mm-hmm. So that's for me, it's spirituality basically, that, that components of taking care of all of these four layers of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual bodies.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, so then going back to the, the San Pedro and the heart opening, uh, experience
1: um, did that shift anything for you? Or? It's shi- yeah, it, it is shifted, and as as I said, primarily, like because because I grew up in a, in a, in a, in a, in an environment of a lot of rejection. I experienced a lot of rejections on many levels. Love for me, is something that I couldn't understand and I couldn't feel. Mm-hmm. towards myself number one because I've always been rejected I was conditioned to be rejected and then when I took uh, first, uh, first uh, dose of San Pedro I felt deep love and it was towards myself towards nature towards people around me because I said in, in a group of 12 people that I don't know and some of them were like people that I didn't feel connected uh, people who were recovering from drugs and then, and then I felt acceptance and love and and that was so profound it's almost like what San Pedro did to me it's, it's like open window and I was able to just stick my head and look around and so say like what's, that's what's possible hmm. and then when the ceremony was over of course that feeling not was as as, as strong as, as when I just described but deep down inside, I felt that, that coming back to my daily routines, it's going to be so necessarily to continue to feed myself with that kind of microdosing mm-hmm. of yoga, meditation, breath work, and now I'm plunging every day. and all of this stuff, it's just, it's just going to move me slowly towards that window. So eventually I'm going to stick my shoulder, in my head, my body, mm-hmm. etc. Amazing. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk a side.
0: bit about plunging in a second. So, it looks like the sauna is almost hot enough. Do you want to continue the conversation in the sauna?
1: Yeah, of course. Okay. Of course. Let's do Let's it. Do it. Right.
0: So, you, lately, you know, I, I'm a Wim Hof instructor. Most people know that because I always see my crazy videos. <laughs> um, you've been doing daily plunges in the lake. And mm-hmm. I want you to share a bit about that and about, a little bit about Russian sauna culture.
1: So, a... I, I, in, in my life, I, I, I give a lot of sanity in my life, a lot of credit for staying sane in the many, many life challenge situation to the sauna. I've been always doing sauna whenever So I was as I told you, I was a personal trainer, so I always had access to sauna in Israel. In Russia, I've been going to Banya once a week. And in Israel, it was like daily, daily immersions into sauna and cold showers, so that kind of change of the temperature always helped me to keep going in my life, right, because I was partying all night, and then and then serving seven to eight clients every day, so it's crazy, like, and doing sauna will keep me going for another client or two, mm-hmm. right? And today is uh, it's coming from different place. Today, I'm in a, in a in a way better state and stage in my life, where cold immersion is just helping me to. It's a ceremony. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a. Just just now, I'm taking myself back to this morning a plunging experience where I just. Sitting inside the lake and my head sticking down, and I'm noticing elements. So what I do my me- my plunging meditation, is to notice elements: water, earth, air, and fire that I feel in my body. Because the way that I can stay, it's visualizing. It's not actually cold burning. It's it's a cold, but it's burning. Mm-hmm. So it's like now I'm sitting in sauna, right? It's just just feels like it's burning me and there it's burning me too. So all of these elements of, of nature, it's just feeding me, and uh, and it's, it's fucking addictive.
0: <laughs> it's very addictive. Well, you know, they, it releases all these endorphins when you come yeah. out, you know, so, um, um, there's this, there's this um, Ariel was just telling me about, a guy who was here was telling me about, there's this uh, opposite to an endorphin, uh, when you put yourself in a challenging situation, and the more you do it, um, apparently, the more able you are to deal with these um, whatever the term is—the opposite of the endorphins—builds up your tolerance, and also makes you more sensitive to the endorphins. So when you release all those positive hormones, you get you, you feel it more. Mm-hmm. And um, the ice bath, besides all of the scientific and physical benefits, like there are these emotional um, feelings that are released by these endorphins that people can get addicted to, mm-hmm. but but it's, it's the best thing to get addicted to because it's natural it's nature there's no real side effects except making you stronger helping you sleep better boosting your metabolism all these amazing things um, have you found it getting easier as the days went on like the first one was challenging you've been doing it daily for how long now since
1: since uh, when I came back to Costa Rica at, at first so, so I was doing it from the of December so mm-hmm. like, uh, mid-December
0: mm-hmm. and any, any other changes you've noticed other than like physiological changes, mental changes?
1: Uh, It's hard for me to discern because uh, as I'm reflecting right now, I've been doing simultaneously breath work daily Mm -hmm. and microdosing. And uh, I decided to be a vegan for 90 days. Okay. How's that
0: whole experience going for you? (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's amazing. It's all good. It's all good. So it's really hard to, to, to kind of discern between all of these. Okay, how about we loop those together and collectively all those experiences? What what's what's going on in your life right now? It's empowering. Yeah. I'm I'm going to to a transitioning in my life related to studio and center and uh, and it's just it just seems to everything it's a there's a deep trust in me that I can handle it. Mm-hmm. Opposite to something else that I experienced most of my life that's something around the corner that's waiting for me and I won't be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably commit to suicide. Because mm-hmm. being a suicidal for me it was most of part of my life. Oh. right? Because I told you that my dad committed to suicide when I was four months old. And statistically, you, y- the chance of the child to suicide is going for by a lot of chances to suicide. Because I've the father if father or one of your parents, but mm-hmm. definitely mom is different than father. But male, male, it's different interpretation. So I was, I was always making myself ready. One day I will, because there is something going to come up into my life that I won't be able to handle emotionally, and I'll I'll go. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Contemplating I on that, how it's going to happen, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting that uh, that example. I had an uh, interesting experience last time. I was in Costa Rica um, drinking ayahuasca. I was deep in the medicine, I was struggling, it was, and and I know, you know, when I'm struggling in the medicine, usually for me it just means to drink more. And I remember sitting up, and I couldn't find my glasses, and I couldn't see anything. So it's very dark already as it is, and, you know, I don't have the worst vision with all my glasses, but I can't really see, it's blurry. And so the thought of me having to get up, you know, and these ceremonies are big, there's like 80, 90, almost uh, 80, 90 people in a ceremony, big room to make my way up to the front to find the shaman without no glasses on under the influence of ayahuasca was like holy fuck how am I going to do this you know and then I was worried am I going to step on something or someone am I going to fall am I going to hurt myself all these weird things and the the medicine sort of responded it's like you know you can live your life being afraid of what you can't see or you can just be as present as possible in this very moment and no matter what comes to you you be able to deal with it
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you're walking very carefully and presently, you know, and you use your senses, you hear something, you, you sense, you know, there's a body there, or, you know, even when you're putting your feet down each step, you know, because if you're just present, you can handle anything. Yes. And it was like, how do you apply that to everything in your life? You know, this one situation, fine. But it's the same, like, exactly what you just said. How many moments in my life, you know, when I opened this place here, and all this insurmountable debt... It was a new concept. I didn't know this area was ready for it. Like we're we're in Toronto, but we're like north of the city in the GTA, um, very material sort of part of the GTA. Like a lot of very rich people. A lot of people driving fancy cars. It's more of like a spiritual type, or you know, de-stressing also. But mm-hmm. I was fear, and I was calculating. You know, like if this doesn't work, what's going to happen the rest of my life? You know, if I lose all all this investment and and I had to sign my house on it, what's going to happen? All these fears coming up. But the big shift in my business is when I let go of all that and said, so I'm just going to be present. Every single person that walks through here, I'm going to go, my intention was to be of service, to create an experience that could be transformational mm-hmm. and, and and really live it myself, be an example. Everything changed. You know? So it's letting go of that fear of like what's coming around the corner. So it sounds like a very similar um, reminder is your story as well,
1: you know, mm-hmm. um, come around the corner. So, anyways. Yeah, um yeah it's what what, is, what, what you just yeah, like what I'm teaching myself to live by it's not w- whatever you set and 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 i more and more strongly believe in soul set and mindset mm-hmm. it's a huge difference in a shift and when you live by a soul set you're not trying to get to you it's a place to come from mm-hmm. whatever you're saying in your life right it, like you i know you you up to the larger impact that you possibly can have for humanity right so it's mm. not the place that you want to get to it's the place that you want to come from mm. so you didn't try t- you didn't you didn't try to get your glasses you were you were trying you 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 were trying to come from a place of trust
0: mm-hmm.
1: that you will be navigated mm. and this is why for me 2020 it's all about surrender Mm. did you end up bring the surrender experiment book yeah oh well, th- so th- the surrender experiment the book have you read it yet yeah I read it oh, okay yeah, yeah. yeah I read it I okay. read it last year beginning of last year okay yeah and 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 for me surrender it's a big thing today because because uh, every morning I tell myself that I am guided and I'm guarded and I'm directed by the living intelligence of the cosmos mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. and 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 as long as I stay disciplined, I'm, I'm a strong believer of morning routines as long as I stay disciplined as long as I take care of my physical body which is the temple of my soul mm-hmm. as long as I as long as I, I take care of take care of uh, my emotional and mental states that will feed my spiritual state and that's where the soul set come from mm-hmm. so so as I'm reflecting on your story, I, what what, what would just keep coming coming back to me your endeavor of elementals come from soul set not from mindset mm. because in the mindset it's impossible to tap into that surrender that you tapped into it's a hard huge amount of money was on, the, on it was a lot on stake that was
0: part of the lesson I had to learn because I had to let go of my attachment to that, that that was defined I was defined by how much money I had or how much money I didn't have like if I was this fear of like going bankrupt moving back in with my in-laws like stuff like that I was like yeah. very fearful but at the end of the day it wasn't important like that fear brought up okay, what's really important the relationships I have with people my family you know I, that can never be taken away from me never you know so as long as I can hold that space of integrity and not you know like cause some people in those situations might do bad things because they feel stressed or they feel like they're put in a situation that um, they need to change things but I was just like no just be present and um, trust and trust um so yeah so it was a very interesting experience um in that regard yeah yeah and yeah. just letting go into it you know just letting go allowing things to unfold It doesn't mean not working either like yeah. some people think surrender is giving up yeah surrender is for me it's letting go of trying to control the outcome but also working hard with passion mm-hmm. you know and and finding balance but having um but moving forward in the moment yeah so you know, it's not about stopping, giving up, and saying, okay, whatever's meant to happen is going to happen. I'm not going to do anything. No, continue to learn. Continue to have passion. Continue to be yourself and express yourself. But don't be so fixed. that Oh, I need to make this much money. I need to have this many people by this time. Like, it's good to track your metrics in a business. Yeah, but you yeah. can't let it control you. So it's like, what's the intention? I want to help more people. How can I help more people? You yeah. know, be myself. Let them be themselves. Show yes. them experiences. Yes. Don't make yes. them feel pressured. You know, have yeah. an open door where they can do uh sauna and a plunge which we're almost Mm -hmm. getting ready to go Got about five minutes um so yeah so that that's been incredible and um yeah the heat's making me lose my train of thought a little bit here but um i guess your story was um, also going in that direction as well so you you're you're surrendering this year you're letting go
1: um and
0: how has that been working out for you
1: it's been working really well because uh, uh, I believe in the Lighthouse approach. Mm-hmm. I think I shared it with mm-hmm. you, but I definitely will be happy to share it one more time. I used to be tugboat. I used to hustle and looking and grabbing and trying and selling and pushing and challenging and motivating. And this is more tugboat approach, which is absolutely... Stage of mm. life and state of life where you where you do that, but there is a, there is a, there is a, there is a I'll say easier way and deeper way to do that. It's being a lighthouse. Mm. It's 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 holding your stance, being in one space, doing your work, and illuminating. So whoever gonna come gonna come. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you're still standing and doing nothing. Mm-hmm. No, you. I, I'm a big believer of, of rituals. And routines that you do every morning, mm-hmm. and and that that kind of that kind of energy helped me to attract into into our center great teachers, great educators, mm-hmm. absolutely phenomenal students. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. So that that probably what what my do you ever me.
0: feel um, like the impulses of like. Like that old mindset of like trying to be in control. Of course, of course. You know, like trying—it's yes. it's a battle, right? It's like it's, day, it's, day. it's an adjustment to really fully surrender. Every day. Um, it takes practice, commitment, making yeah. mistakes, going <laughs> yeah, back exactly. and forth a little bit.
1: Exactly. A, I I heard it from Maria Ferrero, and she 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 wrote a book. It's called "Everything It's about <laughs> I like that. Right. It's figureoutable, and and what she said deeply resonated with me, and I was ready to receive her message. There is a readiness. It's like the guy he was ready to stop eating his nails. Mm-hmm. There's a readiness, right? Mm-hmm. It's doesn't, it didn't happen in five minutes. Yeah. It took him four years mm-hmm. to make that radical decision, yeah. right? But so it took five minutes once you're ready once you're ready you gotta be ready mm. the readiness is the key right yeah, willingness when readiness. people hear that stories about NLP and power of NP it's, it's, it is power of NLP but it's the power of readiness yeah the enough, enough suffering enough suffering and sometimes
0: troubling. you find NLP at the right time and you're ready exactly you know like they, it was always around and yes. now it's on your radar when you're like okay I really want to make some change in my life so now you attract these opportunities and that's what I think surrendering is about it's so once you start to surrender, the things that were there that you couldn't see before, now you can start to see them, you more awareness, these opportunities. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, a pattern, which is like, why has this always happened to me? It's like, okay, there's something here that I need to learn or experience, mm-hmm. grow from.
1: And that's a really good question. Why is happening to me? And why it's happened that way? And why, why I didn't have that way? Because what M- Maria, Marie, what she shared, she said, you can't lose. You can either learn or win which is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. When you're learning you're winning, when you're winning you're learning. Yeah. But you can't lose. That kind of soul set is very very powerful. It's changing I mean, your mindset to a soul set, I guess. Soul, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Changing mm-hmm. into a soul set and you become a lighthouse that doesn't hustle. You just hold your space and you know tomorrow morning either you either you did your projected revenue goal or not, you're still doing your yoga practice, mm. you're still doing your plunges, you're still doing your breath work. Yeah. That's the key. Because the key is to maintain vibrational energy that, that coming from your soul set. Yeah. And that consistency will attract to you opportunities.
0: And that's what's happened to me. You know, like, the th- all the fears, everything over the last few years have gone away. And now I am just have this crisis of too many opportunities i don't know where to spend my time but this is also another challenge like so the universe is presenting new challenges like me being able to say no to certain things or setting boundaries not feeling bad because i always want to say yes and please everybody
1: yeah so now it's like really checking in is
0: this aligned with what you really want to do what you what you inspire to do yeah is this really aligned with where you see yourself going and what you want to do Mm -hmm. and if it's yes yes if it's no then you have to like be open transparent in a nice way be able to share listen you know i I love you thank you for the opportunity but you know i got to pass yeah, um, so this is a new learning for me, you know. Before you thought I could take on the whole world and do 22. everything.
1: Same thing. We six years into into our into our center, and people always coming to me with ideas. with, with oh. ideas oh. and oh. let's mm-hmm. do this, let's do that. And uh, my my mentor and Tracy Sagradi, her standard it's always excellence and high standard, and that's something that I that I wasn't doing a, uh, up to that point when I met her, and even when I met her, she still was coaching me around mm. that excellence and now the question i ask myself if i say yes can i can i bring that project into the state of the excellence yes. and if it's no i'll say to the person you know what i would love to do that it sounds amazing but i can't see myself dedicating just, enough energy to bring it to that level that you want in vision and my standard it's high standard i just recently had like what seemed
0: initially to be the opportunity of a lifetime to take over a center with no upfront start cost mm-hmm. But it wasn't exactly like what I'm trying to do. It was just one portion of what we have here at Elemental. And, you know, like I was like really thinking, you know, should I do it? Should I not do it? And at one point, like I can be lucrative financially. There may be all these issues you can't see. Is it going to take away your energy from what you're trying to do in building like this yeah. community uh, here? So, you know, I That's dragged cool. my feet in a bit and decided not to go through with it. And, you know, I think I made the right decision. And so how do you feel
1: with that decision? I feel great. I feel That's great. It. And before you
0: said this great fear of missing out, or if I don't make this investment or you know, if I don't do this, I'm gonna lose out. But it's like I'm not losing anything. There's nothing really you can't to lose. lose. You can that's you win or you th- learn. That's the
1: thing with psychedelics when you go into that when you do your work of, of, of preparation to psychedelics, you're going to you take it off to the process, you do your integration. By the end of that you or during all that process you understand you can't lose. It's just And can't. the key is
0: the integration. It's so important. Which is your daily routine and ritual. Absolutely. They go hand in hand. Absolutely. One is important for the other. So it's It's like, if you just do a psychedelic, I think you're 25%. If you do a good routine, 25%. True. When you combine, it's like 80%. It's not 50%. Exactly. It's it's a different uh, equation after.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You ready for a plunge? Yeah, I'm ready for a plunge. So we're gonna do that.
0: So, um, yeah, again, thank you for, for coming, for spending this time here, for hanging out, sharing your stories and your wisdom. Uh, and there's one teacher, or one saying that you you told me once, it really resonated with you, about people who are on this journey. You said, um, if they were sleeping, let them sleep. Yeah. You tell, you, you'd say it better.
1: Yeah, so so basically I learned it from Michael Lee, my teacher, and, and he said to me, as a, as, a, as, a, as a therapist, as you invite people to deeper journeys, and deeper and deeper, the deeper you're going to go, the, the deeper you're going to invite people, and, and there's, there's different few levels, and you're going to meet people and you're going to sense that they're still asleep, So let them sleep peacefully. So if they're sleeping, let them sleep? Let them sleep peacefully, right? They're not ready. We spoke about readiness to dive, and uh, and there's next uh, it's uh, people who are awakening. So, shape and gently and then they are awakening awakening people awakening awakening that that nourish them and learn them
0: nourish them and learn them yeah. so um, if you're watching this use this again and, you know if there's if you feel called to to be a leader um, everyone has something to learn from everyone you know but it's, it's sharing humbly without trying to impose is really important uh, but again You know, if you're watching this, you're probably in the process of awakening uh, or or already awakened. Um, And um, yeah, nourish that, learn from others, share, expand, share this podcast. If There's something in it that resonates with you. And I always say, like, if there's one word, one thing that we shared that really stood out, dive deeper to that. Investigate that more. And uh, there's probably something there for you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, Jenya again here if you
1: want to connect with you are you on Instagram do you have any social media yeah I'm on social media Jenya Klein Jenya Klein and you can find me for Indigo Yoga Studio alright thanks for tuning in guys until next time an amazing day love you guys peace out